do the drop. Three, two, one. Y'all ain't right. <laughs> good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. I am your host, Will Skywalker Still, Y'all already giving me crap in the chat right now, talking about it's the first time it started before 8.15. Hey, we here. We here, like like my guy Trey Manning says, eight AM ish gang, eight ish gang. But it's all good. We here, we live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Since they want to act right, you know, it is Esports Dallas social media platforms. We we're everywhere. Coming up today, we're four weeks in on the season, right? And in a normal year, it's quarter mark. So we're gonna look at the Cowboys after the quarter mark and grade them, give out a progress report, and we'll talk about the rookies and the coaches today. So stick around for that. You guys aren't going to want to miss that. I think it's going to be a good show. And, of course, the phone lines will be open if you guys want to join in on the show yourselves. Y'all ain't right. Y'all ain't right. (laughs) Y'all ain't right. All right, man, here we are. Here we are. Uh, shout out to everyone that's joining the show. Aaron Lewis, JoJo, Trey, my guy, Iceberg, the CFZ, the Lunatic, AJ, CJ over on Facebook. Shout out to Facebook in the building. Mike Harris, Tamara, uh, my pops is in the building. Michael Williams, Dre Dre. For those that don't know, me and my dad have the same name. So y'all probably like, why is Will in the chat? But he's not. On, no, no, no. That's my dad. Um, who else we got in here? James Simmons, Ryan Alford, uh, Adam Mack. C. Burleson, Rico Diaz, who was the first one in here. Usually it's Trey giving me some crap about being in here a little bit after eight, but I do like the eight, eight the eight-ish gang. I like that, Trey. I like that. You keep me on my toes. What's going on, Dave and uh, Chris? How are you guys doing? Montana, he says, uh, yes, sir, some real football talk, no COVID talk, every goddamn on segment. No, no, no. You know how we do here, man. No fluff. We're going to give you all real football stuff, and you guys can join in, as always, if you would like. The phone line is 351 351- Nine 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 three seven eight seven. That's three five one nine 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 three seven eight seven. I'll probably start taking the calls after the first word segment, uh, which is going to be a pretty good uh, segment. You might want to check that out because uh, stick around and check that out because some good talk about these rookies, man. Some good talk about these rookies. All right, what's up, Mark Smith? How are you doing, sir? Brian Bradford says, "Good morning, first cousin Steele." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Terrence still, ladies and gentlemen. I think I got to stop calling him my third and second cousin. I think he's played well enough uh, to be considered my first cousin. Now, I did go back and I watched a uh, little bit of film study I talk about here yesterday, the Cowboys offense and defense against the Panthers because usually broadcast view, you can't see everything. Uh, but in the bird's eye view, you can see a lot more. Terrence still still had some things that he got he has to clean up. But, man, he's just in a much better pocket mentally and physically right now that it's not hindering the offense. Remember that last year? He was literally just crushing the offense on the right side of the football, uh, right side of the field. So got to give a shout-out to Terrence Steele. And if you did miss my breakdown, I did a drive of the game. I should have put it in the description, but go check out the drive of the game uh, I did yesterday after the show. It basically, to me, it was the drive that broke the Panthers' back and still look good in there. We talked about Connor McGovern in there. We talked about that play 
where uh, Tony Pollard had uh, made the great block for Amari Cooper to get that bucket pass. I mean, it was a dot just right there. Couldn't hand it off any better from Dak Prescott. So this offense is humming, man. It's humming. What's up, E. Trejo? We're starting to get folks up in here. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Real quick, before we get into the roundup, I watched probably like three quarters of the game yesterday. Uh, I had to wake up and, and see the final score. Looks like the Raiders, and I'm talking about the Raiders game, looks like the Raiders kind of clawed back into uh, the game there for the Chargers. But the Chargers pulled away. I bring that up only to say this because a certain somebody on a certain show talked about the Cowboys being a product of their schedule. Everybody is a product of their schedule if you really think about it. But nonetheless, the Cowboys beating the Chargers starting to look a lot better, right? Starting to look a lot better. Excuse me, guys. I got this. I come down to Texas and my allergies come back. I thought I was getting better. Come on, Texas air. What's going on? But listen, man, you you take Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champs opening night to the brink, right? Last second, they had to make a field goal to win. Then you beat the Chargers on the road, by the way, without your top two defensive ends, your right tackle, your all these players that were out. Impressive win, and it's looking even more impressive as they knock off the 3-0 Raiders, who the Cowboys will see later on in the season. But I'm telling you, man, yes, I'm with you below. The Chargers are legit. They're legit. Good defense, in my opinion, with the back end. They play, this is how they play their defense. We know Joey Bosa at some point is going to get home, so we're just going to play coverage. Unless you're like the Cowboys and you can legitimately run all game and then pop them upside the head from time to time, it's going to be tough to beat that squad. And then the Cowboys knocked off the Panthers. So, man, in my opinion, there's not too many teams that have a better opening four weeks schedule-wise than the Cowboys. That's all I'm saying. Paul says, eat some local raw honey for allergies. Does that work? Write that down. Local raw honey. Okay. All right. We're going to try it. Uh, the CFZ says, Texas allergies are different. I, I was I was fine. I came down here. I'm like, oh, my allergies are gone. I have seasonal. So when the seasons change, it get a little funny. Obviously, the seasons are changing. And, uh, woof, they back. They back. I'm going to try that honey stuff, though, for real. No joke. But, all right, let's get into this morning roundup. Welcome to my Gucci. It's about that time. It's time. time. It's time. time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Yes, indeed. This is the morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness, a solution for your fitness goals, whether it be for weight loss, toning up, strength, sports, or stress relief. Our friends over at TFF have everything you need from state-of-the-art equipment, group classes, and experienced professional certified trainers. And if you have kids, guys, they have a kids club, so you can go over there and still get your gym on. So if you're looking to begin your fitness journey, head on over to any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. Yes, sir. So a little bit on the wire yesterday. Cowboys went out and they signed cornerback Isaiah Johnson. 
Let me tell you something. When I seen that happen, because I wasn't sure if it was real or not, I had to go look on Twitter because, you know, Twitter pretty much confirms everything. And obviously it was real. And let me tell you about Isaiah Johnson, for those who may not know. He's a former 2019 pick. Fourth round pick, I'm sorry. And he dealt with some COVID issues last year in Oakland or in Las Vegas. I got to get used to all these changes. With the Raiders, he dealt with some COVID issues with the Raiders. And then his rookie year, he dealt with with some injury issues. He was released in August of this year. And I believe the Cowboys had interest. A lot of teams had interest once he was released because he has some entry. 6'2", athletic, ran a 4'4", he has those long arms. Dan Quinn and McClay absolutely love big, tall, long corners with long arms. And the Cowboys and Will McClay actually showed some interest when he was coming out of college, right? They interviewed him twice formally, and I believe, uh, I think that was that was a COVID time. I want to say they brought him in. can't remember, but they interviewed him twice. So there's real interest with Isaiah Johnson, and I wrote on Twitter, this is an interesting move, something to keep your eye on, maybe not for now, but certainly for the future. Because he has some upside, and sometimes you just need a change of scenery. Aren't we seeing that with Dan Quinn, right? Dan Quinn is getting good football out of some of these players. Guys, he's getting good football out of Anthony Brown. I mean, I'm not saying Anthony Brown has been great. I'm just saying Anthony Brown has been better. So coaching matters to me. And if if the Cowboys can get a guy in like this and say, hey, Sit you on, I'm going to sit you on a practice squad because he was signed to the practice squad. And if we need you, we can get you in there. We can build your confidence back up. But I like him at 6'2", 440, about 200 pounds. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what happens here. I am. Keanu Neal, according to Stephen Jones, should be ready to roll. Here's his quote. He's sitting it out. He had five days that he had to test negative, and unfortunately, he tested positive towards the end of that and the clock started over for him so he missed two weeks but he should be full bore ready to roll i like it i love it honestly because now what's that going to do is give you more athleticism at that linebacker position and i know we haven't gotten on the linebackers in regards to lve and jalen smith but they're still what they are in my opinion they are what they are. There was some spots in that game, and it's every game. There's a couple spots where it's like, boy, that's rough. Uh, but and, and you see that lack of athleticism from those two kind of get exposed, but Sam Darnold couldn't take advantage of it with number nine. I mean, there were some times where tight ends were just, I mean, had 15 feet of separation. It was kind of crazy. Uh, but we got to get, get Keanu Neal back. That way you can get Keanu, and you can get Michael Parsons in on that. Uh, nickel and a hey, sometimes when you want to rush Micah Parsons in that nickel at at the linebacker position, bring in big dime. Once you get Donovan Wilson back, right? You can bring in Dono at the top with Malik Hooker or KZ, and then you got uh, Malik Hooker and Jaron Curse who can play that kind of linebacker hybrid role. So getting Neil back just adds another chess piece, another chess piece. AJ Torres says, because LVE shouldn't be on wide receivers. That was good game planning uh, from them. That's money in the bucket. Uh, I think they stole that play from, I mean, everybody kind of does it. But I think they stole that play from the Chargers. When I was doing a film study on the Chargers, 
they had um, Keenan Allen in the backfield, and they, they got a pretty good play out of that from Keenan Allen. But um, getting Neil back is going to help this team. It's going to help Dan Quinn, the defense, move these guys around even more and make it more difficult. Teams are having trouble when Dan Quinn gets in his bag. They don't know where it's coming from. They don't. And then finally, Carlos Watkins looks like he's coming back this week as well. So that'll add a little bit more depth to the defensive tackle position. For me, from what I've seen from Carlos Watkins, eh, nothing really, nothing really special, but he's another body. Right? He's another body, and you and you need to have those bodies. And, and until, in my opinion, you get Neville Gallimore back, Tristan Hill, Carlos Watkins is your guy. Let, hey, let's see if he can help out. Let's see if he can help out. What y'all talking about here in the chat? Tim says, Kennedy got exposed last game. Exposed. Hmm. I would say in the Eagles game, we kind of caught some Kennedy issues, but I don't know about exposed. Uh, if you go back and look at that, I mean, this is just real. The last two possessions, for whatever reason, Dan Quinn called off the dogs. They were playing, keep everything in front of you, except for AB, right? He got bit with the, hit with that double move. But have to go back and look. I didn't see exposed on the tape, but I'll go back and, and, and look at Kennedy specifically prior to the last two possessions. I feel like those last two possessions, I don't know why, but Dan Quinn pulled the dogs back. I don't like it. I don't like it. Paul said Chargers did the same play to the Raiders last last night. See, I mean, copycat league. Nick says the depth in our defense makes me feel all giddy inside. Absolutely. Uh, where is right? Adams talks about. We're actually going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about right. We're going to grade the Dallas Cowboys rookies and he'll be in there. So just stick around for that um, in a few minutes here. What's up, Matt? How you doing, buddy? Fresh says Kennedy will be fine. There was some rust because he hasn't been playing. Yeah, I didn't see anything from him that I'm ultra concerned about. I'm actually, it's crazy, man. Dan Quinn is doing something to me. I'm feeling good about the DBs. Like the safeties, I was fine. After week one, we were all worried about AB. Week two, AB had a, a few bad plays, but he got better. Week three, he was really good. Last week, excuse me, last week, he was even Better, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. He had some plays, but again, seven targets, only allowed three receptions, had two pass breakups, should have had another interception. They're starting to get a roll, man. They're starting to get. They're starting to get on a roll. A lot of what the Panthers did successfully in that first half, it really wasn't the corners, right? It was third and longs, and you had Sam Darnold just taking off, and then we get in the red zone, Sam Darnold's moving Micah Parsons out, and he's scoring touchdowns. You had some pop runs on the ground. But it, it was really hard to get mad at anybody in the cornerback position. Oh, Tim is saying exposed for all the haters calling him to start. I don't, I don't know what that one means, buddy. All right, look, let's jump right into the first word, and it's we're going to talk about, in my opinion, no, not my opinion, but in Dan Quinn's opinion, how he sees these rookies, some of these rookies, um, Chauncey Ghostin and Osa Digizua, playing better because Carlos Watkins, yes, he's returning, but Dorrance Armstrong is not, right? Uh, Stephen Jones said Dorrance Armstrong, they hope to get him back soon, but the guy that has been stepping in for Dorrance Armstrong has been Chauncey Ghostin. He's looked pretty good. 
He's looked pretty good. But I'm going to let you guys listen to Dan Quinn as he spoke on the improvement of Chauncey and Osa. Yeah, I've been impressed by Chauncey. I have been, honestly, um, all the way back from the spring. So for him being injured, the day of training camp, it was like, ah, you know, like here was somebody that we were just say, this guy's going to throw a hell of a camp. But to his credit, um, he wasn't anybody that uh, ever backed off the learning, the understanding, because he didn't really get all the way going until the regular season started. Then he had some practice time with us for, you know, for about two weeks. And so the last two weeks, you know, we knew he was ready, probably close to, uh, who we played before Philly, the Charger week. And we, nope, not yet, still keep going, uh, just to kind of get into the, the football, you know, speed and conditioning. And so it was the right call uh, to do that. But over the last couple of weeks, I feel him growing. I feel the Digazua growing um, as they're gaining experience. I told um, Osa that today. He's just, both of those two are really smart players and they're improving fast. Yeah, they are. He's not lying. And here's the thing about Golston, and we'll get to it here. I don't want to jump too, too far ahead, but we got to remember, as Mike McCarthy said, they didn't, he hadn't put on pads since the Senior Bowl until two weeks ago. And already he's making an impact. Like, in my opinion, that's a very impressive what Golston has been able to do in this short period of time that he's been here. And we'll get to that. But before we jump into the rookies, grading the rookies, I'm going to hop into the phone line right quick, and then we'll come back, and I'm going to ask you guys. We're going to go down the list. Now, not all of them have played, but we're going to go down the list, and we're going to grade the rookies, and then we'll jump into the coaches a little bit later. We got 717. That That is my area on the line. What up, 717 or 717? Yes, sir. What's going on, Ty? What's going on, man? You're from York. Hey. It looks like it says York here. Yes, sir. Yep, Shout out to York. York area. Shout out to York. Yep. What's up? Uh, first time caller, but I've been listening to you for a little while. Um, so first off, I want to say, uh, yo, can we keep Donovan Wilson's ass on the bench? No, J- don't do that J- to J-Ron me. J. Ron Curse has been playing no. lights out, and I mean, I I can't even afford to take him off the field. No, I don't want to take I him know, off the field. I don't want to take him off the field either. But we have to remember, Donovan Wilson was a playmaker. Like I think I think we're having is the word revisionist history or is it what have you done for me lately or or what's the other one um out of sight out of mind right I think that's what's that's what's right. happening to Donovan Wilson he's out of sight so he's out of mind but when Donovan Wilson was on the field last year mind you in a terrible Mike Nolan defense he was right. a, a a massive playmaker for the Cowboys team so I don't want to bench him but what I would like to see them do is continue to utilize all these players. They talked about it yesterday. Yeah. The Cowboys have played 30 different players def- uh, defensively. I think defensively. Wow. Yeah. So think about that for a second. That's a lot That's a lot of players getting time, and they're doing so in a productive mm-hmm. manner. So why stop it? You know, Normally it's half of that, but why, right. why stop it if it's working? Get, let's, let's see Dino on that field. I would love to see a big dime. Right, where you get Donovan Wilson, right. you get KZ, J. Ron Curse, uh, all on the field at the we, same we got, time. We got some bumpers in there then. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. When, when, see, here's what I would do. When you want to rush Micah Parsons from the linebacker position, mm-hmm. slide J. Ron Curse down, pair him with either Keanu Neal, and then put Donovan Wilson at the top. 
I want to see Dono out there. Maybe it's because I like Donovan Wilson, but no, all that aside, mm-hmm. I do think he's a good player, brother. Uh, yeah, I, I do like Donovan Wilson. I just I just can't see uh, – I just don't want us to take J-Ron off the field. But, I mean, if yeah. we can find – like you know, Dan Quinn's been really good about getting our guys on, and, and Dono's a dog. So, I mean, hey, we just got to get as many dogs as we can on the field. So yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, just don't, don't bench uh, him, though, man. Don't, don't bench him. Yeah. No, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I'm just real high on this Jaron Curse thing right now. It's more it's got me going. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a positive thing to for Jaron. Yep. Right. So, um, and I got one more thing here, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, so, like we we talk about all our offensive playmakers and everything, but can we give some love to Tyron Smith and Zach Martin? I mean, like, come on. Like we we know we know these guys, but Ty, Tyron he has not popped up in the injury report. I mean, this man is just killing on the left side. Like, come on now. Yeah, he's 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 healthy. He's playing mm-hmm. at an all not not Pro Bowl, at an all pro level. Right? right. So so Tyron is pretty much shutting the doubters down. Everyone was talking here's the thing about Tyron Smith. If he can remain healthy on this back half half of his career, because because mind you, he's a 30-year-old veteran. He's not a 35, 36 year old veteran. He plays a position where they can play. 15, 16 mm-hmm. years in this league at a high level. So if he could find the fountain of youth in regards to health in this back half of his career, remember he signed a, a 10-year contract. So he's under contract for a number yeah. of years. And, man, if he can hold that fort down for another three to four more years at a high level, ooh, watch out. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, thank you, Sky. Appreciate it, man. So it's been awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate you calling in. Great call. You too. I, I've been struggling with the Donovan. I ain't gonna hold you. Oh, not Donovan Wilson, but with the um, J. Ron Curse. The first week, I was like, "Oh, cool." Second week, I'm like, "Ooh." After week three, it's like, "Okay, he has to stay on the field, right?" Like, like he has to stay on the field, but find a way to get all these guys involved, and they have. Um, super chat. Got to get to a super chat from my guy Eduardo Torado, and shout out to you too as well, Marquise for uh, Marcus for shouting us out. Uh, he says Wilson has been looking great with Gallup out. Wouldn't trade him, but it's nice to know we have someone to step up in his absence. Boy, Wilson putting dudes on skates. This this offense is just this offense is crazy, folks. It may not have the I kind of does have the star power of, of the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have, you know, they're 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 flashy, they're explosive. The Patrick Mahomes, no look pass and you know, Tyreek Hill's a freak, right? Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the NFL. And, you know, uh, Hardman is, is fast. And it's just super flashy. Well, this Cowboys offense is like a Ford F-150 with a... Y'all tell me what kind of engine can get going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's crazy what it can do to you. It's, it's, it's different. And that's why I believe it is the most complete and most complicated offense to com- to uh, compete with because it can beat you in so many different ways. And and Cedric Wilson is showing off that depth at the position. Boy, God, he put people on skates. I'm digging him. Sports guru, how old is Skywalker? Yeah, we always get we always get this question. We always get this question. I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you guess a little bit there. Uh 803, what's up? Hey, how you doing? You hear me? Yes, sir. We got you loud and clear. Okay, cool. Hey, um, so I'm, I'm touching on uh, kind of with the first caller uh, as far as personnel on the field. 
Uh, my question is, especially from the Eagles game, I didn't particularly like what I saw from coverage in the Titans. Mm. A little bit in the Panthers game as well. Um, what's it going to take for Jabril Cox to get in the game? Because I know pre-draft he was coming in as like probably one of the best coverage linebackers. And not saying he needs a full-time play, but just like a special packages, maybe third and long, second and long. Just to see what he got. You know, just a quick flash to see what he can do against some top-tier tight ends in the league. I think it's it's likely going to take one or two things. Unfortunately, an injury or extremely bad play at the linebacker position. One of those two things are going to have to happen. Um, it seemed to me like when I'm watching some of the breakdowns in, in the game with uh, the tight ends and things, it doesn't look like it's a one-on-one issue. It, it seems like somebody's getting lost in zone maybe or a guy just finds a hole in the, in the, in the defense in the zone and then they get yak. They're breaking tackles or they get yak. Uh, yeah, but that exactly. seems yeah that seems like that's what it's going to take to get Jabril on the field an injury, or really really bad linebacker play. And right now, I'm not saying that these guys are really really bad or really really good. They're teetering the line of being average and then below average. They're teetering that line. I'm telling you guys, it. I don't know. I don't care about PFF grades. Just every time I go back and rewatch the tape, I'm like, they're okay. They're okay. The linebackers are okay. They're not at the point right now where you're you're worried, but they're really not a massive – they're not difference makers aside from Micah Parsons right now. Is he even getting any special teams burn at all? Just, uh, you know, just getting the flow of a game, that's like hitting or whatever? I, I, that's a very good point. I, haven't, I don't really watch the special teams reps unless I need to, like the block punt situation, but yeah. um, I have to look at that. Yeah. Somebody I'm sure in the chat can tell me how many special team snaps – uh, Jabril Cox has, but he hasn't been inactive, so he's been on. He's been active on game day, so I would imagine they've put him out there in special teams. Yeah, because coming in, he was one of the most most uh, as far as our draft players I wanted to see on the field. So it's just, I'm just don't want to you know get into the spot where like a Tristan Hill, where you know you hyped up to see him and you just barely see him at all, and yeah. it seems like it's never going to happen. But uh, appreciate you taking my call, man. Uh, appreciate. It. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you for calling in. All right, and no, I'm not 47. <laughs> Y'all funny. Our offense is a hellcat on jet fuel. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, let's let's go ahead and start the rookie report card, this progress report. Here's what we're going to do. So when you look at this graphic here, it, it shows our first six picks in the NFL draft. It doesn't have our other guys. And I'm going to be real with you. I'm not going to get into the Matt Fornax, the, the Josh Balls, and things like that. But we'll talk about these guys plus the uh, Maquamus and Bohannas of the Worlds. So let's start off right off the bat. Right off the bat. Because y'all the teachers too, so y'all going to grade. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. Where are we? What are we grading Micah Parsons on his progress report right now uh, from A to F? We know it ain't no way. He has 12 tackles, 9 stops, 3 tackles for loss. 17 pressures, three sacks. And here's the beautiful thing here. He has 98 snaps at defensive line and 89 snaps at linebacker. 98 snaps at defensive line and 89 snaps at linebacker. You, Who's doing that? Who's doing that? All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to hop into the chat, see what you guys are saying. A whole lot of A's, and that's it. I got, I'm going to just tell you right now, A+. Plus. I have Micah Parsons at an A+. And it's not even just the statistics, right? 
it's his versatility, his willingness to do whatever the team asks of him. A lot of A's, plus ultra, whole bunch of A's. Uh, CFZ with the B plus, interesting. Uh, James, interesting B plus as well. Some B pluses keeping it fair. B plus B, <laughs> sports guru, what are y'all smoking? Um, I, I mean, hey, if we're grading Micah as a B, I'm very interested to see what you guys have these other guys at. Because Micah, I think, has far and away been the best rookie on this team and a top three rookie, if not the top rookie in the NFL. Uh, a plus, Montana says, A, he gets caught in some coverages. Yeah, they, but see, that this is what they're doing with Micah. I noticed that with, with um, Tom Brady and I noticed that with Sam Darnold. They're actually scheming to get Micah out of the field, out of the middle of the field or his eyes going somewhere else. And again, that's rookie stuff. And let's here's the thing about, about Micah right now at the linebacker position. He hasn't played enough at the linebacker position to get in a groove this year, right? Because they're asking him to do a bunch of different things. And I think he's doing them well. Uh, <laughs> I like this. Isaac Hampton, F for fantastic. Okay. F for fantastic. Uh, I would imagine S, Gary Aaron Jr. says S, probably satisfactory if we're talking about progress reports. Uh, A plus, A for now, A plus next year after the man gets his offseason gains in. Who can, can you imagine getting a couple years in on Micah Parsons? I mean, the dude is just ridiculous. He's just ridiculous. So, Micah Parsons, for the most part, from Cowboy fans, it's about an A, anywhere between a B plus and an A plus. I mean, which, hey. That, that's about right to me. So we'll go collectively agree with an A. Mine's an A+, plus, but we'll collect collectively agree with an A. All right, let's get into this phone line here, and then we'll move forward with our second-round pick, Kelvin Joseph. What's going on, 817? Hey, what's going on, Sky? Not much, brother. Enjoying hey, this Tuesday? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I just had a question for you, man. Uh it seems like uh, yesterday when I was watching, uh, you know, the interview for uh, Dan Quinn, he was basically saying, like, you know, he does better in the, in the booth, and he's just not very – his, his style and his character, it, he just doesn't do well when it comes to being down on the field. So in your opinion, do you feel like – He's basically admitting that he's a better D coordinator than head coach, and do we have to worry about him going somewhere? Uh, that's a great question. So I know why he's in the booth, and it's because of uh, who's the head coach over there at Seattle, Pete Carroll. So when when Pete Carroll hired Dan Quinn to be his defensive coordinator, Pete gave him some advice. He said, hey, I think it's better if you go in the booth because you see things more often or are better, and you don't have to deal with the craziness that comes with being on the uh, on the field, and Randy Gregory wants him on the field. If you listen to that interview, and 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 uh, he said he wants him to be around, have that energy. But I think it's good for him to be up there because he is. I think it's kind of proven, right, that he is a better defensive coordinator than he is head coach so far in his career, and that's kind of normal to me when you look at the defensive coordinators around the league that turn head coach. A lot of them don't succeed because it's a different ball game, even. Even if he was, I think offensive coordinators have a better chance of kind of overall succeeding as a as a head coach and defensive coordinators because they got to have their hands in a lot of different things and they're looking at both sides of the ball. But do I think he'll go somewhere next year? I 
if, if you if you just give me my gut feeling right now, no. I think he likes where he's at. He was a head coach for, what, four and a half years? Four and a half, five years, something like that. And I think he kind of yep. wants to take a break from it, enjoy the game, and I'm pretty sure somebody's going to come knocking after a few years, especially if he gets the Cowboys to promised land. Great question. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, Scott, because, uh, I mean, he went into depth about how he can have all of his sheets and mm-hmm. his paperwork all broken down, spread across his desk, and, you know, he can he can have everything right there in front of him in order to do his best job, and you can't do that on the sideline. No. So that just, gave me, that just gave me the feeling like he's comfortable being a D coordinator for right now and, and probably for some time. Yep, I'm with you. Hey, thank you, Scott, man. Appreciate you taking my call. No problem, man. Have a good one. Let's get seven or uh, let's get Reek up in here. Five eight five. What's up, Reek? Yeah, what's going on, Sky, man? How you been? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just getting back into the saddle. Enjoyed the wind. We want twenty four hours, right? Twenty four to forty eight hours and we move forward. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, man. Uh my whole thing is, man, I'm proud of this team, man. You know, we, we looking uh so far so good. You know, we fighting, we competing. Yep. Uh, that's all. That's all I ever wanted out of this team. You know what I mean? Because uh, you know, I, I'm glad the Clapper is not on the sideline anymore. Just giving these guys props for not doing nothing. It's coming up. And uh, and uh, yeah, definitely it's coming up. And I'm kind of glad that they won last uh, this I week. I am too. This I past am too. last week, I, I'm I'm happy that them in Washington kind of won in the sense is because you know they not coming in. They they still a little desperate, but they not coming in as desperate. You know what I'm saying? So they still gonna fight. They still gonna fight, but I, I think that uh, them winning might have a sense, uh, false sense of hope for them. You know what I mean? That they, you know, they think they gonna do something. They are gonna get uh, smacked across their head right quick because we need these next two games. You know, because I had looked at the schedule last night and I'm like, if we can get these next two games and go into this bye on the winning streak and then get get our players back, some uh, some more players back, but on this. Uh, after that bye week, when it's time to get ready to roll, I said, I think we can do, uh, you know, I think we can do some things, you know what I mean? Because the schedule's going to get a little rocky after, uh, after we come back from this, uh, this bye, after the bye week. You know what I mean? This, uh, this, here's a week to week, brother. Week to week. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah, it is week to week, you know what I'm saying? But I ain't trying to uh, go too far ahead. But I'm like, you know, I, I'd rather go into the, the, uh, the bye five and one. For sure. You know what I'm For saying? For sure, yeah, yeah. You know, and that and that's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, but other than that, uh, the team, man, we ain't playing with nobody right now. And you know, I'm I'm loving the fact that we we have this depth and we keep rotating the, we keep turning over the the uh you know this next man up, uh feeling that's uh in the building. I love that. You know what I mean? Because it's like we're not depending on one or two players anymore. We depending on everybody, depending on each other. You yeah. know what I mean? No matter who's in. Yeah, the test, you know what I mean? testament to Dan Quinn there. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, and it's, and it's contagious because it's rubbing off on the defense and the offense. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And, um, you know, uh, I, I ain't going to hold you, man. You know, I know we've been calling for Anthony Brownhead. You know, he's he been playing decent the last mm-hmm. couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I see we he's calling for candidates so much. I kind of see a little bit now. Why well, they kind of kept the brother on the uh, on the uh, bench a little bit? 
Because they've been, they been kind of torturing him. And like, ain't nobody really talking about that. Cause I, I, I got to go back and watch. That's the second person now that said he's been torched. I got to go back and watch. Because I haven't felt that way. Yeah, I, you, I'm not really seeing him get torched, but maybe I'm missing it. I got I to go back and I'm going to specifically watch yeah, Maurice man, he, Kennedy. He's been getting caught on, man. He's been getting hmm. caught on, man. But at, at the same time, too, I just wanted, I, I just hope that when uh, when uh, back, uh, Boss Man Fat get fully uh, ready to go, I hope that they let him in that, so we that, can see some of the stuff that he can do. Yeah. I, I really want to see that. That's the one. But, uh, other about than to that get guy, yeah, other than that guy, I'm cool. Everything's good, man. You know, I'm, I'm still uh, going off uh, this last win. I'm happy about that. And let's get ready for these Giants, you yes, know sir. what I mean, because they're a sleeper. They're a little, I ain't trying to sleep on them. We we owe them. We owe them anyway. It's but uh, all right, though, Scott. All right, brother. I highlight you in a minute, player. Please. How crazy! Week five. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't piece this together. I guess once the schedule came out and everything happened after. Week five last year was the Dak game situation with the injury, and to get the Giants again week five at home again. You can't tell me the schedule makers didn't do that on purpose. You can't tell me that. Uh, interesting comment here by by my guy Montana. He wants everybody to put the anointing oil away from Micah Parsons. He says, "Listen, he's a rookie. Wait until he's well till teams start scheming for Parsons. Uh, he'll need to upgrade himself. Of course, he's a rookie to become that dude. Chill. Let the young boy become great before y'all crown him. Ooh, sounds like you're not too too uh, too high on Micah." Interesting, Montana. I, I need to hear your come on, call on in. I gotta hear your thoughts on, on on Micah. Are you saying, are you saying Micah's not that good, and just wait for what next year to 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 say that he is good, or, or what are we saying? What are we saying here? Because we're talking about after four games, we're grading Micah Parsons. Where do you, what is your grade on Micah after four games? Twelve tackles, nine stops, three sacks, so many pressures. Uh, he's showed his versatility. If anything, to me. It's showing just how good he is being able to be successful at both positions like that early on in his career. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what your what your uh, overall thoughts are on that. All right, let's move. Let's go ahead and move forward to the second round pick, Kelvin Joseph, because we talked here about a little bit about Kennedy, a little bit about Joseph, and things like that. Kelvin Joseph, for me, if I'm going to give him a grade, it's not even going to be a grade. It's going to be an I for incomplete. Which is interesting because I'm actually going to give a grade to a couple of these other guys that haven't played. But here's why I'm going to give it an incomplete. He played in the preseason. Yes, he he played. The last preseason game, he got injured. I thought in the preseason he was okay. If I had to grade his preseason, I'd probably give it a C plus to a B minus. But I have to give it an incomplete, uh, a totality, an incomplete. Because he hasn't practiced right during the during the during the regular season, he hasn't played during the regular season. Not even special teams. We just don't know yet. And the fact that he couldn't, he the fact that he couldn't beat out Anthony Brown. I don't know what the situation was. I I have to say, okay, I'm not sure yet. I lo- I love the talent, but to grade what he's done, there's really not much to grade. I was at the practices and things like that. For whatever reason, they weren't putting Kelvin Joseph. Over Anthony Brown. Uh, so we got to see a little bit more from Kelvin. I'm going to give it an incomplete. Looks like a lot of you guys are giving it an incomplete as well. Okay, so Montana did give him an A grade. Got you. Okay, okay. It's just more of a relax if people are putting him in the Hall of Fame type thing. 
Uh, Stevie Mac says Kelvin is a C minus based on his preseason performance. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Like, like a C plus too. If I'm gonna be nice, a B minus. But yeah, it's really hard to give him a grade because he hasn't played. But at the same time, I'm going to grade some of these other guys. Like I'm going to grade Jabril. I'm going to grade Nation. You'll, you'll see why Israel, all those guys. Uh, but I'll give it incomplete to to Kelvin because I expected him to play. I did, and he's not. All right, let's jump back into the lines. Uh, th- we had somebody here. You must have hung up. 305, what it is, what it do? Good morning. Hello? Yep, yep, got you. Hey, I, I have a, another question. A little concern about Dan Quinn. Okay. If you remember the Super Bowl that he <clears throat> that he took the, the Falcons into? Yep. Okay, um, if you pay attention to all the games that we played this year, you know, he always kind of like cut back a little bit and teams go to just scoring and scoring and scoring. Just like the last game that we just had. He don't keep the he don't keep the foot down on the defense. I can't even be How mad. How you at, feel about that? I can't even be. You know what? That's so crazy because I, if you've been listening to my show earlier on, I never blamed Dan Quinn for that for that meltdown. I blame Kyle Shanahan. But if I want to extend the blame, it's I'll say, hey Dan, you got to real, you got to pull in your offensive coordinator and say, hey, I know I trust you, but we're up twenty eight to three. What are we doing here with all this passing? But that's that's neither here nor there. But it's a it's an interesting point you bring up because they did dial it back last week. They are on Sunday. They absolutely did dial it back. They benched, not benched, I shouldn't say that. They pulled out Trayvon Diggs because of the back thing. But then in the press conference, once again, Mike McCarthy just just zip it. He came out and said, Oh, well, if we needed Trayvon, we could have put him back out there. Excuse me, sir? It was a two-possession game with, with six or seven minutes left. I would consider you need him out there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if there's a concern, it's it's maybe that stench kind of rubbing off on Dallas from Atlanta. I'm not mad at it, but I, I think so far so good. Uh, we haven't seen the defense, you know, uh, deba- have a defense debacle in the fourth quarter just yet. So, But something to keep our minds on. Good call, man. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Uh, let's get three, four, seven. What it is, what it do? Young Jedi, what's good? What's up, man? Listen, um, one thing is this, man. I, 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 I'm, we endured 2020 in the pandemic and everything, and we are we're able to I didn't enjoy get it. on the field. I sorry. I said I didn't enjoy the pandemic in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm saying it, 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 we were we were lacked. We, we we weren't able to do many things, right? And especially coaching, where it was virtual and all that. And you you know, it's a it's a good refreshing feeling that Dan Quinn actually hands on, where last year wasn't didn't have that. Yeah. And so the chemistry is 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 all meshing well. And another thing is we had, I would say would you say we had fifty percent. You know, in terms of our total, total team, because, you know, there's people out. And when it's D-Law, Gallimore, Bossman, Gallup, you know, we have pieces that are out. So we're not actually 100%. So just imagine once what the wheels are doing right now. And I guess put a little WD-40 on those wheels, <laughs> and then it's going to be spinning like crazy. No, so, right. you know, once it, 
you know what I'm saying? So one thing is like everybody, you know, we we getting these wins, and I'm 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 upset right now. We are gonna beat the brakes off of uh, the Giants next week because you know they got injuries. They're plagued with injuries, and even in terms of us being plagued with injuries, but we we're, we're better, a better, better, better team than them. Yeah. So off the top, just the division in total. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know that's it. Young Judd, I, you know, I ain't gonna hold you. Thank you for taking my call, man. Hey, Peace. thank you for calling in, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, it's it's uh, I think it's something I talked about to that Panther fan yesterday. Remember, like, don't don't come in here talking about injuries because the Cowboys have them as well. Like the caller the caller said, it's about overcoming the adversity. They showed in the past that they couldn't do that. Right now, man, it's it's extremely encouraging, extremely exciting when to think about getting these guys back with this chemistry already being built. It's a beautiful thing. All right, let's jump back into the grades. Let's get back to the grades, y'all. Third round pick. Here we go. All my teacher assistants out there. Defensive tackle, Osa Odigizua. <laughs> I love me some Osa Odigizua this year, man. 15 tackles, four stops, 15 pressures, three sacks, two tackles for loss. What grade do you give Osa Odigizua? And this is going to be an interesting one because if you're grading a little harder, with Micah, very interested to see where you got uh, Osa. And for me, I have him as a flat A. I, I, and listen, I say flat. I shouldn't even say I have him as an A. I ex- expected Osa to be a nickel guy, to be a guy that came in here and played maybe 25, 30, 35% of the snaps and, and be productive as a rusher. But Osa has done way more than that. He's done way more than that. Osa has pretty much taken over, in my opinion, as the number one defensive tackle on this team. Am I wrong? I know, I know, Neville, or Neville Gallimore has been out. But if, if and this is on wax, this is on record. Go back and watch the rating the draft series I did and the one on Oso Digizua. I said in there, I personally believed he came into the league a better player than both Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore. Now, obviously, those guys had a year and two years under their belt in the NFL, but coming in, looking at the tape, he was better than both of those dudes. And as my guy Vosh says, he don't even got his grown man body yet. So just imagine when he gets that off-season peanut butter, as as he likes to say, and, and what he can do. It's gonna be it's gonna be trouble, trouble. So let's see what y'all got to say here in the chat. On A, A plus, triple A, A, B plus by Jamin, B plus by Fresh, uh, B plus by Montana, B plus Stevie Mac, a bunch of A's, B plus. So we're in that same kind of realm, right? That that B plus to A situation with Osa Digizua. I, and I would agree. And there's things both him and uh, Micah can improve upon. But man, to see to see these guys be this productive this early in their careers when everyone, right? Remember, everyone came into this league saying, or came into this year, Cowboys defense is trash. Cow- the, wor- the worst defense in the league. They're going to be terrible. And they are making instant impacts, not just being around. They are actually, you got to start game planning against Osa. You got to start game planning against Micah. That's how impactful they are. Roxanne says he's a nice compliment to Micah Parsons. 
He is. You know what? I can't wait for him to be a, a compliment to Miss Roxanne. Neville Gallimore. I I don't know that I've been more excited to see a pairing because Neville has a little bit of he can play both. He can. And he did not look no 305 last year. That dude looked super rock strong for a 305 pounder. He looked about 320. Uh, got an extra offseason in him. And if you listen to the coaches before he went down, he was super impressive. So I can't wait to see him. Can't wait to see him. All right, let's get 469 up in here. What's up? What's up, baby? <laughs> What's going on, man? What's going on, man? What's going on? Hey, we got a Cowboy win Tuesday. All right? I'm still high off of that convincing win. You know, I don't understand why, uh, you know, some people uh, are downing, you know, the coaching staff or taking the players out, you know. Um, because, you know, when you when you beat the team down, you know, pride start to get in, and that's when they get a little tricky you know, you get a high risk of injury, so I don't, I don't fault uh, them for taking players out. You know, um, yeah. but um, to to uh, really get to the point that I, I had, you know, I with one didn't do it. You know, I think he is the best defensive lineman we've had since Jay Ratner. You know. And for an interior guy, you know, uh, one three technique, I think he's the best interior guy we've had since Jay Rattler. And I think that goes back to what, 08, 09 or something like that, you know. Um, we had Mary Nelly that was a, a DC whisperer, you know. Uh, oh, and when I think about that, I think about the feeling that David Irvin had, you know. We just never got to really see that potential fully actualized, you know. But if I'm just player, you know, comparing player to player, I think Odigadu is the best decap uh, we have since Jay Rattler. No, you're not lying. So, hey, no, you're not lying. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take, call, that, take that answer I'm off take off air because I'm getting a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback. Oh shoot! Oh shoot! All right. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Yep. All right. Hello. Can you hear me now? There we go. <laughs> Boy, that was rough. All right. My bad. My bad. Cool. You know what I'm saying? I was going through the car, but uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, so, so you're saying Osa yeah, best just, since Jay Ratliff, and then you, you got a comparison a little bit to David Irving. I actually like it. Here's why. Because I don't think you're comparing him to David Irving with stature or play style, right? No. You're just talking about productivity. Yes. Yes, and and he, he yes. is he is just as productive as David when he was in his in his you know prime, if, if you want to call it. Uh, Marcus says Leroy Glover. I had a caller a couple weeks ago say remind him of a Leroy Glover. It's a whole it's a whole lot of Leroy Ugh. Glover and some Jay Ratliff mixed, right? These guys were never these ultra big dudes. They're not these three hundred and twenty five pounders. They were undersized. But to me, y'all, yeah. to me, I said it. I said it before, and I said, guys, don't hold me to this as if he is the next AD. But he reminds me more of Aaron Darnold, and this is what Ooh. I mean. Aaron Darnold is not, he's about 295 pounds. Strong. Yeah. If you look at Aaron Darnold, you'd be like, that's a defense attack. You ever see Aaron Darnold with a shirt off? The dude looks like a, a wrestler, a pro wrestler. Yeah. He doesn't look like a defense tackle, fam. Go look at Osa. Osa does not look like a defense tackle. He's a 285-pound, wow. undersized, short defensive tackle that they both play with leverage. They both can be strong. And the difference is I think Osa's arm length is a little bit longer. 
and he hasn't yeah. gotten into that grown man body, but they play with quickness. They play with strike. They play with leverage. Donald, or Donald, Don, Aaron Donald, the difference is that he is ridiculously strong. You know, he's yeah. he don't make no sense in regards to his strength to be that size. But that's who he kind of reminds me of. But he has to mold into that to say he is an Aaron. He's not an Aaron Donald on that playing field. It's just they're both small. They're both, you know, under 300 pounds. They play with quickness. They yeah. play with leverage. And they're equally as good in, in both the run and the pass. So. And the ceiling, the ceiling is there. I think uh, when we, you know, we drafted him, we didn't really know how high his ceiling was, but we knew he was a high floor guy. But now he in the game and he's making this impact him, Michael Parsons. We knew how Michael Parsons was a was a high ceiling, uh, high yeah. ceiling guy and a high floor guy. But to this magnitude, because what I think about when we're talking about grading these players, take them off the field and then evaluate what their impact is on the game. Mm-hmm. If you take them off the field and their like impact that. is immediately felt, then you got to give them an A. I like I, that. That's, that's my opinion because without them, we don't have that presence, meaning that they are the foundation of that presence. And the, the other question I would have is, who do we give the credit more to? Do we give it to the player or do we give it to Dan Quinn? Uh, I, I think if you if you had to say more right now, it's got to be Dan, right? I mean, these are rookies. Yeah, these these are young rookies coming in here being this impactful and, and third rounders, fourth rounders. Now, Mike is a different animal, but even then, Dan Quinn has to put them in the positions to be great. And go back and listen to Randy Gregory's um, press conference. He says the thing about Dan Quinn is he's putting us in positions to be successful. That is massive. Yeah. Because Nolan wasn't doing that. This is what Nolan was saying. Hey, this is the scheme. Everson Griffin, stand up. Demarcus Lawrence, stand up. Alden Smith, I don't care about no Randy Gregory who's playing better than you. You go out there. Like, you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? You you don't do that. He couldn't reach these players, and Dan Quinn is. So I got to give more credit to Dan right now as it stands. Hey, And, you know, great points. Those are great points. And I think that's the biggest difference. You know, we talk about that uh, the off-season pickups in the draft. Mm-hmm. The biggest off-season pick pickup that we had was Dan Quinn. You know, right. a humble, I agree, redesigned Dan Quinn coming in here, man. Oh wow, that I'm that, without him, this. I mean, when you and then you think of you said it, we went from 32nd in defense overall to number six, and we did it in four games. Even Not more impressive, bro. Even more impressive. Remember at the at the beginning of the season, I said I can care less about where they rank with yards and some of these other volume stats. What were some of the stats we talked about here? We talked about red zone defense, right? They're still working at that. That's a, and I love it, right? Yep. Cowboys are three and one, and they got something to come out of to say we got to get better at. We talked about getting off yep. the field on third down. The teams are only converting thirty seven percent of third downs, and we talked about <laughs> dominating the turnover battle. Right, getting the ball back to your defense, the Cowboys are number one. That yeah. is that. I mean, come on, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. We, we, we have number one in a defensive category. Would that had to be the that had to be 2014 that Demarcus Ware last season with us or something like that? 2014. Uh, not. I don't think the Cowboys think have ever was, been number one in turnovers. They were very, very close in 2014. Or yeah, 2014. Demarcus wasn't even there. 2016. Like, oh. No, was the mark? No, Sean, Sean Lee wasn't there. 
No, Demarcus Ware wasn't there. I don't think Demarcus Ware. I think we had Sean Lee. We didn't have Demarcus uh-uh. Ware. We had Rolando McClain. Yeah, and Sean Lee got hurt. Sean Sean Lee, I think, got hurt the year before. He couldn't be a part of that 2014 team. But I think that was the yeah. team that Dallas was, I think, second in the league in turnovers. Yeah. You know, uh, we had, I think, more Clay, Mo Claiborne had came back that year. Um, yeah. It was a – it was a – it was – it was interesting because it was kind of similar to this defense, very opportunistic defense where, where they were getting a lot of turnovers, but they weren't this dominating defense, right? Um, I think this year they have a, the potential to be better than that defense. Yes. Oh, yes, most definitely. You know, I, the swagger that uh, this team is playing with and and really who's leading that swagger is Trevon Diggs and Michael Parsons and Diggy Zool. You know, them three, they're leading the swag, you know, that – that presence that we on the field, you can't stop us. You ain't going to stop us. You know what I'm saying? And matter of fact, that's my ball. Give it to me. I'm taking it back. You know what I'm saying? That go score. You know, they starting, that, to, they the starting to get that feel on offense again. Like, I don't care what, what you roll out there. Cause here I'm, I'm going to end it on this too, man. Great call. But yeah. what, what the Cowboys did on offense against the Panthers to me showed that, you know what? We know y'all lighting the butt in the front seven. I'm going to bring in two, three, four tight ends, and we're going to run up your butt. And that's exactly what they did, and they could not stop it. And it's it's that swagger's coming back, man. But, hey, dog, appreciate you calling yeah. in. Hey, it's an honor. But hey, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get out there at Texas Live, man, to get some of this barbecue, bro. Come through. I, I told you I need some of that barbecue, man. <laughs> I know, man. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get the kids and the wife there. We're going to do it. All right, man. Appreciate you. All right, brother. Uh, I'm going to go jump back into the grades and then we got the phone line still open. They are popping right now. And I promise you, we're going to try to get through them all. So just hold tight. Just hold tight. Uh Oh, what did I say? Reek? See, I'll be killing him. I just, I, come on, man. But, um, I saw some, something in here. I wanted to get to, man, y'all said something and Reek threw me off. <laughs> Let's go back into, back into the, uh, grading the system here. All right. So, uh, the other third-round pick, by the way, during the draft process, I ain't going to hold y'all. I was very kind of – I'm scratching my head. I'm, I was like, what's going on in this third round? <laughs> I, was, I was confused. I can't – obviously, I can't say this is a bad draft at the time because I didn't know – I didn't know what we knew, right? I was just like, I, you know, I don't know how to feel yet. Uh, and here's why, because I didn't think that Oso was going to be able to get shine over – Hill or Neville Gallimore, so I'm like, where does he fit? And I thought he was a tweener. I looked at Golson's the same thing. Tweener, now you're drafting two tweeners. Where are you going to put them? But let's talk about it, man. Give me a grade on Osa Odigizua. I'm sorry, on uh, Chauncey Golston. Give me a grade on Chauncey Golston. Where do you guys have him right now? Mind you, he's only played in two games due to uh, injuring. I forget where he injured here in rookie camp. He uh, didn't practice all training camp, didn't practice all the way up until two weeks into the season. And right now, after two games with only two weeks of practice, five tackles, four stops, four pressures, and a sack. I'm impressed. I can't lie to you. I'm impressed with Chauncey Ghost in Cowboys Nation. Uh, we're getting a lot of B's here. Also, a super chat. In the- super chat. Appreciate you, John Jones. B. B. CJ over on Facebook gives an A. Iceberg B. Lamont B. A lot of Bs. I'm, I think I'm with you. 
B, CJH, C+, HJFJ, C+, B, D+, Giant. Uh, you, I ain't going to read it, but you must be a Giant fan. <laughs> Jamie and B, and bring it up to chat so y'all, y'all can see. Steven White, unknown. Interesting. I mean, got two games in. I think it's fair to give him a, some kind of a grade, right? A C from James. Yeah, Giants, definitely a troll. Uh, B, yeah. I have here on my notes, B minus. I think that's fair. I think I think B minus is fair. I think I think again as G, uh, Jesus it was a Jesus not Christ or is it Jesus not Christ says the no practice makes it more impressive. Exactly. That's why I gave him a B to a B minus uh, because there's things obviously he has to clean up. I think the motor. I shouldn't say the motor. That's not right. The I like to use the word effort or motor because these guys are going. I think the aggressive nature to how he attacks when he's when he's not the guy, right? When it's not schemed up for him, could be a little bit better. Uh, when he's one on one, the actions on the other side, it could be just a tad bit better. But honestly, man, it's there's really no complaints right now for for Chauncey Ghoston, in my opinion. So I give him a solid, solid B minus. And we're going to hop back into the phone lines before we finish this rookie report. And then after that, if we got time, we'll briefly go through the coaches. But we might have to move the coaches to tomorrow um, with some of these new incoming players. And then at the second half of that show, hopefully, now you know what, Thursday we'll start We'll start uh, talking about the Giants. So, yeah, we'll save it for tomorrow. All right, so, look, guys, we're deep up here in this chat. If you guys have not yet hit that like button, do me a favor if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Twitter, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. It will help out A to Z Sports Dallas. It'll help out your boy Skywalker. So do me a favor, man. Press that thing. And if you are a first timer here or you have not subscribed and you like everything you're singing, please, please subscribe. I'm telling you, you won't regret it. Those in the chat will tell you you won't regret it. We're we're aiming to be the number one Dallas Cowboys morning show, and then we're going to try to shoot from there. We're going to try to shoot from there. All right, let's get my guy, I think Marcus, in the building. What's going on, man? Is this Marcus? Hey, what's going on, bro? What's going on? Oh, man, I'm chilling, man. Let me tell you something. I don't know why everybody's so low on my boy Osa. Let me tell you why he's so dominant early. Mm-hmm. Co- collegiate wrestling. They teach you about leverage. Teach you about hand fighting. And they teach you about control. And he's using basically his wrestling background to get leverage on the guys he's going up against. So they don't really know how to handle him. Yeah, the the, the leverage in the wrestling background is extremely important. I didn't even know he was a wrestler until we drafted him. So Yeah. And when I when they, and see they made it a point when he got drafted, right? They showed his highlights when he was in college and the dude was Dominant. Dominant. The only reason why he didn't pursue wrestling is because they coaches, the defensive coaches at UCLA, they basically said, let's bring him into the football team and have him focus on football full time. Right. That's what happened. A lot of people don't know that. But that's why I'm more I'm more highly on Osa than any of the rookies that we have, besides even Michael. Hmm. I believe that he's I believe he's the more complete guy. That's the guy that's gonna have the steam board towards because he's in one particular position. See Got with Micah you. it's gonna be harder it's gonna be harder to scheme against Micah because he moves around. 
he's almost like a he's almost like a Derwin James for the defensive line and the linebacking core. You don't know where he's going to line up. Is he going to line up in the middle? Is he going to line up at the middle? Is he going to line up uh, as a on the edge strong side linebacker? He's going to drop back. Defensive end, you don't know. But Osa, you know where Osa's going to be. So he'll be able to. They'll be able to scheme towards him more than Michael will. So that's why I think that even though Osa is blossoming the way that he is so early, he's going to be the one that they scheme towards first because you know where he's coming. And you know why? You know why I kind of agree with you on, on having. I think they're both equally going to be have to be schemed upon, but you can't afford to have pressure up the middle. You cannot. It will wreck your game, and your game plan's done. You know, that's why teams yep. send three guys at Aaron Donald. Because, because if he comes up the middle, your quarterback has nowhere to go. Game over. And and and, and I, I wish we had more Cowboys fans who, who didn't play Madden because they want you to be – everybody has to be a, a 99 overall to be – to Good. make an impact. If you go up the middle, like with an ulcer, that's the easiest way to collapse a pocket. Because when the quarterback is being rushed from the outside by someone like a Michael Parsons or a Von Miller or any premier pass rusher, all they got to do is step up in the pocket. Yep. What are you going to do when the pocket in the middle collapses? Think about it, bro. You can't go further and further back. Think about it. That's been the problem in Dallas for, for years. They've had, exactly. the, they've had edge rushers. I mean – Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Robert Quinn, like, you know, these guys, have they've gotten good numbers and they've gotten good pressure. But if I'm a quarterback, I'm like, I'm not worried about Tyron Crawford back and forth in the middle. Uh, um, What's the cast name? Malik Collins was a super flash player. He never was a consistent player. He didn't give a damn about the run at that. So he wasn't always consistently good. Um, Antoine Woods is a run guy. They didn't care. They could step up in the pocket. Well, Things are changing. Also, let me let me, let me ask you this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, guy. Just and I'm and I'm gonna let you go because I can gotcha. talk to y'all all day. This is, my, this is actually my first time calling. Oh wow! But let me let me just ask you something, Scott. Does a pass rusher get beat more often on the outside or inside? Does a does a pass rusher or does a does a pass block? Pass rusher, like okay, let, let's say let's say a Von Miller going full speed coming off the edge. Does he win? More battles than he loses. I'm going to say, say no. More battles because yeah, he loses basically more. Basically, if he over if he pursues, that's a loss. Once again, all, all the quarterback has to do is step up in the pocket, right? And he's done pretty much. But when you're talking about coming in from the inside, like an Aaron Donald, like a Leroy Glover, like a Jay Ratliff, like a John Randall, what that's can you do one. to beat that? That's a, that's the one right there, John. Nobody brought him up yet. John Randall. Could, nobody even brought him up. Undrafted be, guy. Could be very very comparable to uh, Osa. I like it. Yeah, and it's it, like I said, I'd rather get the pocket to collapse from the inside rather than the outside because a quarterback has options when he's coming from the outside. If he has a relatively decent tackle. Yeah, the quarterback coming in from the inside. Yeah. What can he do? Nope, nothing. That, the quarterback would ra- if the quarterback would rather get have your tackles get beat up the field. That way he can step up. And it was every quarterback has so much comfortability stepping up against Dallas for the last five years because they didn't have anybody in there, but things are changing. man. Bro, that's, that's all I'm saying. That's why I'm so excited about Osa. So I'm excited for the guy who coming in basically under the radar, because that's how all these great interior pass rushers come in under the radar. Aaron Donald, John Randall, Jay Ratliff, 
Leroy Glover, they all came in under the radar. They were never highly heralded. They came in under the radar and basically wrecked offenses for years. No last hope. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to Osa. I'm team Osa all day long. No last hope. He's a beast. All right, brother. Appreciate the call, man. All right, Scott. Take care, brother. Yep, have a good one. All right, let's round out these top six picks here with Nashawn Wright and Jabril Cox. So, real quick, we'll go Nashawn Wright. You guys let me know what you would grade Nashawn Wright right now. And, again, I know maybe it's a little unfair to actually give him a grade and not give Kelvin Joseph a grade. Uh, but let's just kind of talk about what, we, what we've seen from Nashawn preseason-wise and uh, practices, et cetera, et cetera. I would go – I'd go C. I'd go C. C plus. I'm going to go C plus. Y'all probably like, whoa, that's a bit harsh, guy. No, nah, it's not. I'll tell you why. But I'm going to go C, and I'm going I'm to I'm listen to or read what you guys are saying. Adrian, you rough, brother. You rough on the F. <laughs> wow. A lot of y'all are actually agreeing. Okay, that's good. See, this is why I fool with my chat. This is why I fool with y'all. Y'all are in that same mode. And I'm hoping I can I can I can get a lot of people that aren't like this to rub off a little bit. You're not over zealous. We're not super fan. Don't care about reality, right? We're focused on the reality too, but we also can enjoy being a fan at the same time. And the reality for me with Nation Wright is I love what I see. I saw deep ball wise and things like that. I think he has the tools to 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 be a very good deep ball cornerback. But I have yet to see him be able to play things in front of him with crossing routes, uh, being get, having a chance to get routed up and then recovering. He made a really good play against the Jags in that case. But other than that, really didn't get a chance to see it. And then he, he bit. He bit on one and got, got beat against the Jags as well. So I'll go C to C plus. And I think we're we're getting that as well. B minus Oscar C plus James Ronald said, I'm gonna give him a 74. So we're playing Madden. Alpha says, I can't give him a grade. And I know, I know it's not fair. Cause I called incomplete. I said incomplete for Kelvin, but I'm giving these other guys a grade. I think it's because my expectations for Kelvin Joseph was to play. I didn't expect Nelvin, Nelvin, nation, right to play. Jabril Cox, who we're about to get to next to play Israel. I didn't expect those guys to play. So I want to grade them on what we've seen. We'll revisit Kelvin Joseph in about four weeks. C minus, C plus. Nation has not been in regular season games, but yeah, yeah, JCD. Yeah, we just we just talked about that. Uh, C minus. Can't wait to see Tristan when he comes back. How can you rank him when he hasn't played in regular season? Yeah, JC. I, I, again, I, I said what I said. <laughs> Fresh said, "Is he needs to hit the gym heavy in the off season, lower and upper body." Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a smaller guy. All right, let's move on to Jabril Cox, who is who was looked at as one of the steals of the draft, right? The final defensive pick to end the first six picks for the Dallas Cowboys. I've, I've got Jabril B. What you got for me for Jabril Cox? Again, has not played in the regular season much. We're, we're grading on the scale of what we've seen from Jabril. Because, again, I didn't expect Jabril to play. So all I can do is grade him on what we saw coming out of preseason. 
Uh, he hasn't played much at all. I think he played four snaps in a regular season. But I'm he might be the one guy I'm most intrigued to see on the field other than Israel Okwamu, no, Nation. No. I really want to see Jabril Cox get on this field. Uh, Stevie Max has a B, a C for Jesse, a C, C minus Adrian. Hey, Miss Jackie, how you doing? I haven't seen Miss Jackie in a while. And we know Fresh Fade. We know Fresh. That's your guy. <laughs> that, that's Fresh Fade's guy. Um, Montana NA, that's fair. B minus. Had a good preseason, I'm guessing. And was the best linebacker according to. I don't know if he's the best. Has the potential to be a B. Maybe we should do that. What's the potential? But now nah, we'll rock. Uh, there's no highlights on him, so B. <laughs> okay. Okay. So those are the guys that were picked in the top six rounds. I'm going to hop back into the phone lines, and then when we come out of that, we'll do we'll finish off with Izzy and uh, Big Bo. 312, what it is, what it do? Yo, what up, Sky? My, my bad if I sound out of breath, bro. I'm at the gym. Hey, I usually good. watch your show during my cardio sessions, but uh, I know it's early in the season, bro. Like, we're barely a quarter about a quarter way in, but uh, when you look at our schedule, it's like a lot of these games, bro, they're really winnable. Like, when you look at the squad we have, yeah. and honestly, it's giving me the vibes of, like, a 2016 type year where we could win 12, 13 games, but honestly, my thing is, like, we kind of got to get that number one seed because you look at the teams that in the West out there, you would not want to go out on the road or even Green Bay like we usually lose to them in the playoffs. But what team would you say you wouldn't want to play in the playoffs? Team I Second wouldn't like, want to play. You, at I, this point, I, think, I, mean, I mean, it's still early, you, but. I think you said it. Green Bay. And it's only because of oh, one yeah. freaking man. Oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. And here's the thing about it, bro. One half of me is like, man, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers. The other half is like, but you know what? You got to get over the hump. What better way to get over the hump than to beat Green Bay, the team that continues to knock you out of the playoffs and giving you a chance to get to the NFC Championship game for the first time in 26 years? It's Green Bay, right? Like, I would I would All love right. to knock him off. And I think he'll catch a Cowboys team now that could be one of the most complete Cowboys teams he's faced, but it's just something about about Aaron Rodgers. I don't I don't know. I don't get it. This dude just he's our kryptonite. He got him one time up there in, in Green Bay and ever since it's just it's been rough getting to Aaron Rodgers. And we still have that defense right where we got a great pass. I do like our pass rush. But oh, we're, yeah. we're still there's still lapses and holes in, in, in the in the defense and Aaron Rodgers easily can pick that apart. So I hate to even say that because I'm I'm not afraid of nobody. Right, like I think the Cowboys can match up against oh, yeah. anybody in the league. However, when when you talk about a quarterback that's just a crypt tonight, it's Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, don't get me wrong, it would feel so sweet to finally beat him. Like growing up, seventh grade, twenty fourteen, he beat us. Twenty sixteen, he beat us. But I'd be nervous, bro. Don't get me wrong, I'd be nervous if we caught sure. him in the second round again. For sure, man. But last thing. Last thing I wanted to say was, uh, so with Lyle Collins probably coming back week six or whatever it's supposed to be, I mean, I I think we all see the way 
Terrence Steele's been playing. He's been balling out. Uh oh. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you think happens with that O line? Because you know it takes chemistry to have a good O line, and we looking, we're doing great right now. Don't worry about chemistry when it comes to uh, Lyle Collins. We got to remember Lyle Collins has been on this team since 2015. He has more chemistry. Oh, than, yeah, he's been here a while. Yeah, he's been here for a long. He's, he's played next to Zach Martin longer than Terrence Steele has played next to Zach Martin. Um, so exactly. I, I wouldn't worry about chemistry. Uh, he's the better player. He's the better player. He's just the better player by a wide margin. That does not mean that Terrence Steele has not been better. It just means he's the better player. And I'm going to play the better player, and I want to put a cap on this thing. Um, I think Cowboys Nation should just be – Really happy that the Cowboys have legitimate options across the board as backups and as starters. When you look around the league, there's not many of those. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Terrence Steele is playing at a level where other teams are probably going to be looking at him like, hey, can we get him up off your hands? Because tackle play, offensive line play is hard. Yeah, that's an option. Think about it. There's 32 teams. 64 starting right tackles. And then you want to include a swing? There's not 90-something tackles in this league that are good. So uh, I think we're at a really good spot right now. And, and, again, we haven't talked about this man's name in a while, but Joe Philbin gets a massive, massive, massive hat tip. He's our, 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 he's our I appreciate offensive, your time, man. Our, yeah, no problem, man. Appreciate you. Uh, got a super chat by my guy, Fresh. Super chat. Four ninety nine dollars donation. Appreciate you. He says, funny how the media downplayed the win against the Chargers. Of course. Now, all of a sudden, Herbert is the best thing since sliced bread. So I haven't gotten a chance to watch everything yet. I only get a a chance to kind of peep, like, get up for 30 minutes, um, maybe a little longer or something like that when I'm getting ready. It's usually afterwards where I'm like, all right, let's see what y'all talking about. I'm just curious. So I know they're going to get on there and just straight gush about Herbert and the Chargers all while downplaying what the Cowboys did to Herbert. Mind you, Herbert had three interceptions against Dallas. That terrible defense, right? That bad defense. Three interceptions. That's all I'm saying. 972, what it is, what it do? Uh, it's Carlos. What's going on, Los? What up, man? I hope you're having a good morning. Uh, it's a good to feel that Cowboys got that dub last week, but ready to move on for the next game. That's right, man. For uh, 24 to 48 hours, and then we move forward. Yes, sir. I'm just going to leave you with these two things that I just thought of on top of my head, and then I'll leave you with the day. Um, first thing is, are we not happy that the Jason Garrett era is over? I mean, it's crazy that we had to deal with him and his playbook and coaching staff for almost a decade. And the only thing I do give him some credit for is hitting on some draft picks, especially Dak. Like, finding him in the fourth round was crazy. However, you know, the Mer- Merlin, how, what was that defense coordinator? Merlin, yeah. yeah. The Merlin and his influence on some drafts really, really ruined us. You know, like, you know, like the yeah. Tacos and the Tristan Hills of the world, you know? Yeah, Jerry and gave too much, to- too much. He gave him too much rope. Yeah, and then and that goes with my next thing, is that the coaching staff and the people you put on the team, it, it matters because will the players play for you and have the utmost confidence in them and you and you to them, you know, because that allows you to play fast and keep improving every day. Um, I don't know if you ever heard Parsons, but football is not a perfect sport. You know, it's it's a it's a game to had to make mistakes. Yep. But Parsons wants to have a perfect game, so that means he wants to keep improving and you know just 
be that dog up there, you know, like it's it's about technique and what is taught to you. So that that's basically what I'm like thinking of like in this day of NFL, like who would be your top NFL coaches and then who's getting to that level? Because I really think Kellen Moore is getting to that level of like the yeah. Bill Belichick's and the Sean McVay of the world, you know? Because if I were to do my top five coaches out of the back, I wouldn't put Kellen Moore there yet, but I'll put number one, Belichick. Number two would be Pete Carroll just because of his resume. Number three would be McVay. Um, I think his innovation has really changed the game. Yeah, oh, Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid would be in my, my number four just because um, his input of how to play fast in the NFL. Andy Reid. And then my number and and then my number five would be Tomlin. I mean, his only losing season has been this season. So not eight. I, I mean, I like it. I like. And that. then you know I'll leave you to that Skywalker because I mean Kellen Moore and Dak Quinn are playing chess, not checkers at the moment. And then um, I mean they're really especially Dan Quinn. I think the the scheme and the way that he's taught these players has really gave them the confidence to play fast. And I think I saw this an interesting stat. I, I forget where I saw it, so I can't give you the source. Mm-hmm. But I think the top five NFL defense in speed in the NFL, uh, Cowboys Dallas. are number four. Yeah, yeah, Dallas has about, I forget how many players it was. It was, a, it was a handful of players who have top, like, 19 miles per hour when they've ran. Yeah, but we knew that, right? Like, coming into the season with Dan Quinn, he likes speed. He wants speed. And what did he do? He went out and drafted guys that run four fours and four threes. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he moved the safety to linebacker so he can be, they can be even more fast at that position. And then what did he do? He drafted some quick guys at the defensive line. So this team is just full of guys that can move, man. But, hey, dog, appreciate the call. No problem, man. Have a good morning. Peace. You too. You too. I, I know y'all not in here. I know y'all not in here talking about moving on from Lyle Collins. I keep dipping into the chat. I will say this. If Lyle gets suspended again or something crazy like that or messes up his hip again, then that becomes a conversation. But guys, relax. I don't even want to move him to guard. Relax. McGovern, if you want to literally move on from Connor Williams, put Connor McGovern at guard, put Lyle T- Collins at back at tackle, and you improve your team. I'm just not with this moving to Lyle at guard and keeping Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele is good, but he's not better than Lyle at, at, at tackle. And, I, and people are sleeping on how good Lyle was at tackle. We forget he was a top five right tackle in the league before he got hurt. That's vi- That's so valuable. You cannot... You just can't explain how valuable that is to have two bookend tackles you don't got to worry about for the next five years. That's what I'm saying. Uh, shout out to Mr. Jab. Super chat. Appreciate you. He says, this team has given me a reason to fear no one. I'm with you. Cardinals are the only team I think can match Dallas talent for talent. Sky, I'm going to be in Dallas for Thanksgiving game. Hopefully, we can link up. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to be going on for Thanksgiving yet, but I'll obviously will let you guys know. But yeah, man, it's not too many teams that could go out there and just Run with Dallas offensively. There's not. And they're not 100% healthy on either side of the ball. All right. Let's get to, who did I have up next? 720. What's up, 720? Yo, what's going on, Sky? Not much, This brother. is uh, the CFV. Oh, what's up, man? Nothing much, nothing much, man. Um, I wanted to call you and uh, defend my Michael Parsons grade, which is a B plus. Cool. Only reason I gave him a B plus was because he's um, playing two different 
drastically different position. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mike and Edge. So I mean, he's doing a great job, but I just compare. I put it like this: um, How's the saying go? Uh, damn, I, it's right on the tip of my tongue. But he's he's good at both, but he needs to focus on one. I don't know which one he's going to be, but whichever one he goes into, hey man, he's going to be a beast. It's funny. Uh, my second. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I was gonna say my second thing, and you, you might look at me kind of crazy. I gave Osa an eight. No, I because gave he's played. Yeah, he played one position, and he's been doing it well, and he's just gonna grow. And it's, it, I ain't gonna say it's easy for him, but uh, I mean, there are rookies making this much of an impact, and that's not that's not something that happens a lot. Nope. You know. Nope. You're right, man. Hey, I appreciate the call, but you're absolutely right. I think that having Micah Parsons being able to play both, that's why I gave him an A. He's doing both at a high level. And Osa Digizua is just having an instant impact at the middle of the field. And now that's giving you playmakers at each level of the defense. The Cowboys haven't had that in a long time. Yes, man. Um, my last thing, I know you got a lot of calls, man. Yeah. Yep. But there's literally uh, no team that – in the NFL, I can say Dallas can't beat, including the Packers. I know uh, the guy called a couple calls ago. He said he was kind of scared, and yeah, I know. Aaron that was Rogers me. Aaron that Rogers. was me. I'm the one who was talking up a Rod, dog, because he just oh, like okay. he's like he's the kryptonite. I don't know what it is, man. I, I can't I can't sit here and act like if we go up against a Rod, I'm like, yep, everything's good. I'm gonna be a little nervous, man. I'm gonna be a little nervous going up against a Rod. Yeah, you have to, but I will say they'll be just as nervous going against that. Mm, I like you it. Saying. I like it. That's true. I like mm-hmm. it. All right, man. Take care, man. I'll yep. be in chat. <laughs> Appreciate you. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and lock the phone lines, guys, because they're starting to get a little heavy. So if you couldn't get in, apologies. But we're going to finish off the Dallas Cowboys rookie report, and then we'll jump back into the lines to end the show. All right. So the final guys who you don't see on this board right here, actually, is Israel Mukwamu, a.k.a. Izzy. Y'all let me know a grade on Izzy. And again, this is one of those things where if you want to say N.A. or incomplete, I, that's fair because I did that for Kelvin. But we're going off of what we've seen, right? What we've seen in the preseason or whatnot. And I got Izzy as a C plus. Um, it's not an indictment. It's just that we saw some good things from him. I think he has some coverage ability. He has some versatility. He can play the big nickel, kind of. But I want to see him more as a free safety. But if it's fair, if you guys want to give him an incomplete, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> but I'm going to go C plus with Israel McQuamble, and we'll move on pretty quickly. Uh, Mr. Jab says he wasn't in the chat. Any injury updates? Yes, Carlos Watkins should be returning this week. Keanu Neal will be back off of COVID. And then finally, as you guys are going through your Izzy, Quentin Bohanna. And if you guys know me, I'm a big Bohanna stand because I was just excited to get a 6'4", 340-pound behemoth to play in that middle. And he's had some plays where he's looked every bit of 6'4", 340. Might even be more than that. Um... But if I have to be real with with Q, 
after watching a few games and whatnot, I'll give him a C plus as well. Um, he has, ironically, of his 78 snaps, he's played more pass rush snaps, 53, than he has his run reps, uh, which is 24. I don't like that. I don't like, I mean, that's like, that's double, essentially. So I really don't like Bohanna rushing the passer more than he is getting after it in the run game. What Bohanna is doing, for the most part, is his job. He's helped keeping the linebackers clean. He's taking on the two blockers. But what I think he can do better is work on his pad level. At 6'4", and that big, it's really hard to get down, but he has to work on it. He definitely plays a little higher than you would like to see. And then he plays over his feet too far, in my opinion. And, and that they'll use that against him every time. And we saw Matt Prattis, um, and if I butchered his name, Panther fan, my bad. But we've seen him, uh, we've seen him utilize Bohanna's momentum by playing over his feet, just throw him on the ground, and then Matt went up and got uh, Antoine, not Antoine Woods, who's a cat I, having a brain fart, the guy we called up from Natchez, Mississippi, Hamilton. Uh, he got up on Hamilton, so I got C plus for Quentin Bohanna, and, and I'm a big, big Bo fan. And the reason why I'm going C is because my expectations are high for Q, and I'm wondering if he'll get better once they get him in a rhythm of being a rundown guy. Cause that's what he is. He's there to be a rundown guy. Uh, C from James. Let's say says five, a B minus big bow B B he'll get better. Says Steven B a lot of B's some C's here. C for Steven white B plus B plus. So we're in that same realm about C to B plus. I think that's fair, right? Like that's gotta be fair. But that's it for, for the rookie draft class. We're not going to do um, Forniak, the Matt, Matt Forniak. We're not going to do Josh Ball. And I don't think I'm missing anyone else. If I am, y'all let me know. But I think we got to uh, most of the defensive players that we needed to get to. Yeah, I think we did. All right, let's go ahead and run this thing down. And we're going to start with 856. What it is, what it do. What's up, Scott? How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Pretty good. Enjoying the show. Enjoying the show. Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about, like, from the past, like, the whole Jason Garrett era, era and a little bit, like, last year with the defensive-wise, I always felt like we were going into the games at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And not a disadvantage from injuries or – but just from coaching. a scheme-wise. And just, just coaching, scheme-wise, I always felt like every game we went into – this event, and I feel like that's not the case anymore. I feel like we're going into the games with the advantage, with the offense, maybe not so much as the defense, but from last game, from what you can see at halftime, the game was going back and forth. It was like a coin flip at that point. You've seen some good, you've seen some bad, but then when we came out in the third quarter, like you said, with the different packages, more tight ends to control the blitz and run the ball down their throat, that's something we didn't do before like we would just stick to our guns if we did make adjustments it'll be a little bit here there or be too late and i think that's just a huge thing now when it comes to the cowboys yeah it is coming into the game at an advantage and it's never like that before under jason garrett i always felt like you're coming in with an advantage because one you got a better head coach i don't care what anybody says i i I get on mike mccarthy and i said this on the pre-game post-game show i get on mike mccarthy because i believe in mike mccarthy I believe what he's bringing here. You heard what he said last year. We're trying to build a championship program. That doesn't happen in six months. That takes some time. That takes some lumps. 
Um, I think he is building a great program, a great culture around uh, the game. It's what I get on Mike about is game management, and and that's something that he'll probably tell you they got to get better at. Uh, but they have they have a, a an advantage because they go in week to week with different game plans. They go in week to week with the ability to adjust and adapt, right? They have an adaptability to them that I've I've not seen um, with the other era uh, era in regards to JG. So yeah, Cowboys fans, I, I think no longer are you going into these games. And here's the, the the crazy thing about it: Jason Garrett was doing was one of the hey we're going to be who we are offensively, no matter if we're playing in the parking lot, the moon, on the road or at home. Right. So was Rod Marinelli. Marinelli didn't do anything. He didn't they didn't switch up things. He he wasn't creative. It was the same game like that they weren't even watching film almost. Like they would just stick to their guns and yeah. right, whatever is whatever. Yeah, you're right. Right and. That's that's the biggest like change I see. And another thing about the the draft picks, I feel like Parsons like elevates. I'm not trying to take nothing away from Diggy, but like with him rushing and stuff, he takes a lot of. You oh, know. oh, Pars- Parsons w- was responsible for some of the sacks he didn't get. Let me, exactly. re- let me repeat. That's, that's, <laughs> Parsons was like responsible for sacks he didn't get. Yeah. Except for the Randy Gregory ones, I think a lot of it plays a part on, on, on Parsons. Like he's there, he's causing havoc. Like you said, when he's lifting up the middle, he's he's he, the quarterback can't step up. So what can you do? You know. So exactly, it's, it's a lot of good things. And I'll, I'm gonna end it off with this: uh, Dak is playing like the best quarterback in the league right now. And you could argue with Kyler Murray all that when he's doing all that little high school bull bull crap or whatever. That's cool. But when you have a quarterback like this. You have a chance against anybody, anywhere. Anybody. So, I say it every week. Anybody, anywhere. It my, doesn't matter. My That's, question every week, is four playing? Okay, we got a chance. <laughs> exactly. Then we're good. But nothing else matters. Exactly. And, yeah, so shout out to coaching and all that. And just the question before I hang up with you, what's your, like, final grade on the total draft? So I'm going to let you go with that. Like, Within, all gotcha. your draft picks, just one, one, one grade. One grade, four games in. I got. And appreciate the call, too, by the way, brother. Have a good day. I'm going to go with a solid B plus right now. Uh, I'll do B minus because our second round pick is very vital. We haven't seen him play yet and he got hurt. So I'll go B minus. High expectations for our guys. I think it's fair. Great question, though. I'll go B minus. Um, Let's get 682 followed up by 210. 682, what it is, what it do. What's going on? What's going on? Status Trey, man. What up, Trey? Manning? Say, fam, you need a you need, yes, sir. You need a clock. You need I a stopwatch like Vot. I know Vot. I think Law got one too. See, my thing is, if I'm a caller, I kind of want to just talk, so I kind of give y'all the the floor as well. But you you're right. I might have to start tightening that up a little bit. I'm saying, fam, you're gonna be on this thing until noon. But uh, <laughs> y'all, wow. I was just I was just wanting to ask you, man. You know, with with uh, like Kirsten Parsons and Osa stepping up for us, man. We got a lot of people coming back. What do you think the impl- uh, implications would be on the roster, man, when all them people come back? We got Hill, Law, Gallimore, Anai, Armstrong, um, Kevin Joseph, Wilson. Like, yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that, that, that's supposed to play, huh? Um, here's what I would do. I told you guys about Wilson. I find a way to get him involved. I just have to. Like, for, for as good as Curse has been, and he has been good, and I am not taking anything away from Curse. Something about Donovan Wilson, the ball 
finds him, right? Like the he was responsible for something like five or six turnovers last year, be it forced fumbles, fumbles recoveries, or interceptions. That is a ball magnet. So find a way to get him on the field. When Neville comes back, I'm pairing him with uh, Osa. Tristan Hill just is going to have to be part of the depth. I'm not. I'm not forcibly putting Tristan Hill in the game. He's just going to be part of the depth. Um, Watkins, I would look to move him behind those other DTs. Anai is going to be interesting because when D Log is back, Anai might not see the field as much again. But but he'll be back before. Saying, yeah. We're gonna have to start cutting people, man. No, we no, no. Like nine people. So they won't have to cut. They really won't have to cut anybody they like. They'll what they'll do is guys right. like Hamilton. I'm not saying they don't like Hamilton, but if Hamilton gets cut, nobody's really going to be shaking in their boots, right? Um, some of those practice squad guys that get called up, they just won't. The Jeremy Sprinkles, um, the Hamiltons, et cetera, et cetera. And, and remember, a lot of these guys aren't on IR. They're just out. Right? Right. So, that's, I mean, but that's how I want it, bro. I ain't trying to hold you like gotcha. everybody. Ain't. Gotcha. Bro. I'll call you tomorrow or whatever. I'm going to see you tomorrow. I already know it. You're always up here in an eight, eight-ish gang. Yes, sir. It is game, man. I'll see you tomorrow. Gotcha, bro. Uh, let's get. Who do we have in here? All right, let's get two one zero, and then we're gonna end it with seven five seven. Two one zero. What it is? What it do? What's up, Sky? What's going on, man? Hey, man. I got a. I got a. I guess a question and a statement, real quick. So, people have been saying it's like kind of like fantasy football, where you know you got Zeke and and uh you want to get rid of him for somebody else, like trade him, right, for like a, let's say, a Tyreek Hill, because people say, oh, I got like a Saquon or something. Mm. But why would you want to trade away your dead when COVID or injuries do happen in the NFL? You know what I'm saying? So Perfect. basically what I'm trying to say is like a Lyle Collins situation where people want to get rid of Lyle Collins. Like if Tyron Smith or perhaps him, Lyle Collins goes down, Terrence still goes down with COVID or anything, not, you know, not saying I want them that, that's not good, but you know what I'm trying to say? Who's who's going to replace him if we get rid of Lyle Collins? I mean, it's a, you know it's, what I'm a it's a great point. And, I, again, these conversations are fair maybe to have in the off season, right? Because then uh-huh. you can find ways to replace them, making the move, making another trade, signing a free agent, guys get – like that's a that's a conversation to have maybe in the off season. But you're absolutely yeah, right. We could, I, I don't know – We can see what, what, what Josh Ball looks like. You know jo- what I mean? Right. What is – I don't know why Cal, Cal, here's what, hold on. Here's what Cowboy fans do too much in my opinion. The minute somebody gets good, they're immediately looking to trade, cut, or bench the other player. If it makes sense, if you have context to it, I can have the conversation with you. But there was way too much talk. Yo, let's just trade Michael Gallup. For why? For what? Unless I'm trading Michael Gallup for a perennial Pro Bowl corner, I'm not having this conversation. And guess what? Teams aren't doing that. Oh, man, let's get rid of Lyle. What? For what? He's coming back. You're going to need the depth. Yo, man, let's get rid of Ezekiel. Why? You need multiple backs. You need multiple. The only position I could really argue with you about possibly moving on from somebody, not at this second, but in the offseason, was linebacker because you were very crowded at linebacker and you got a lot of talent there and you could potentially, hey, off somebody for something that can help you elsewhere without taking a hit. You move on from Lyle Collins, you're taking a massive hit, period, yep. point blank. 
Um, whereas if you moved on from LVE or Jalen, yeah, Keanu Neal, you got Micah Parsons, you got whoever you don't move on from one of those two, Jabril Cox, uh, Luke Gifford, you got a lot of depth there. But let's just enjoy the depth because as Mike McCarthy stated, we're going to need all 77 of these guys. That's right. I, I digress. And, and I have one more thing. I have one more thing to say about your grades. Um, okay, so you 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 graded Nashawn Wright a C plus, I believe. Say again. And then uh, Nashawn Wright, you graded him a C plus, I believe. Yes. And then Mukwamu as well, a C plus. Yes. And well, of course, we're going based off their performance in preseason due to the lack right. of snaps in the regular season, but. Right. My question is, my question is, okay, so Mukwamu, I believe, got two picks in the preseason. He did. Nashawn had. Uh, can we maybe a B on Mukwamu? I wouldn't argue with Mukwamu getting a B um, at all, especially with the picks. I, I would like to see him tackle a little bit better, um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at the B for Mukwamu. Okay, just. I was just curious about that. Yep. But all right, Scott. Well, I'll let you go, man. Great Appreciate show. it, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. I-757, send us out. What's going on? What's going on, Scott? It's set it off, Chris, man. How you feeling today, bro? Oh, man. If I, I got I to gotta save. Let me save you real quick, man. Because you got to. Let me save you real quick. It's <laughs> in there. Hold on. Set it's me. all good, man. It's all good, man. I lo- man, I love coming listening to the show, man, because uh, just like so many other good YouTubers, man, that are out here, man, your, your, your crowd and your and the people that come and follow you and talk, man, they're such knowledgeable Cowboy fans. So I just love listening to you guys, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a blessing. But I'm going to get in and out your way. The one thing that I think we, we are not giving time for is progression. And I'm going to just use you as an example. I like that. If you remember how you were your first 10 shows, right, your first 10 shows compared to who you are now, they are night and day, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They're night and day. So – we don't give the progression portion of what we are, and I think a lot of people are looking at this, D, this D-line rotation as, hey, when Tristan gets back or when Neville gets back, everybody's got to take a seat. But I, I liken it to the point of I like the rotation of fresh bodies. So when those two guys do come back, now you've got less snaps. Even though O.C. is playing great, he's still a rookie. So he does have to get to that rookie role. He's not playing 12 games. He's not playing 16. 17. He's playing to play 19 to 20. Right. He's he, he playing like he's trying to play 19 to 20. So if you've got a Neville Gallimore coming up, he wants to make a statement. He's going to be able to put in 35, 45 snaps. you got Tristan playing for his football life. He's going to put 35 to 45 snaps on. So I truly believe um, with your D-line rotation, with, with Bohana, with Brent Urban, even with Carlos Watkins, it's going to be a fight to get a jersey for that for that D line room. If no. you're going to dress five, maybe six guys, you're going to get a jersey. No, it's an excellent, Every it's week an excellent point. Who's going to get a jersey? It's an excellent point. It's kind of like those competition Wednesdays that Seattle used to do all the time, things like that. Um, I, I love that's a great point. Right. And then remember, Dan Quinn has a number. I'm always bring it up because a lot of people will ask, "Oh man, where was so and so? Why didn't he play so many snaps?" Go look at it. They don't. He does not want these defensive linemen playing more than forty snaps. So in order for that to happen, you got to have a rotation. So you get Neville back. You get right. Tristan back. Those guys are, are likely going to play. Now, I would include. I, I don't know that I would play Tristan. You know, 
40 snaps, but because now you're taking off uh, Osa, you're taking off Neville more than you really want to. But, yeah, he could be part of rotation. Those snaps that may be – what's the cat's name uh, from Natchez that are getting um, – I keep forgetting his dang old name. Oh, oh um, no, Justin – but see, I, I, I think yeah. he's better than Justin Hamilton. I think, he's, uh, just, I think he's better than Justin Hamilton. And between him and Neville, we saw more of Neville. Th- this is the one thing we hold against Tristan, and nobody wants to say. We hold Tristan to a higher regard because of where Marinelli drafted him. And so Marinelli drafted him and didn't groom him to play. So you don't see him for a whole year. And so when we don't see a guy for a period of time, we think he sucks, he's terrible, he can't play. Tristan Hill can play. Now, he blew me out, so I've got more faith in trigger trade than most people do. But I don't think he's a guy you just throw away. No, no, no. He's not a guy that can play. Yeah, right. I think he's a guy who can come and play. But I think right. I think the writing is on the wall with with Tristan Hill at this point, where you you went out and you drafted Ghost and you went out and you drafted um, um, Osa Digizua, you went out and you drafted Neville Gallimore the next year. Like it's it's pretty clear that Tristan's probably not going to be an integral part of this team moving forward. But again, Cowboys Nation, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you cut him. The same thing with they're doing trying to do with Donovan right. Wilson. Let's bench Donovan Wilson. Why? He's, that's a good football player. Uh, but, but yeah, so yeah. while the writing may be on the wall for Tristan, in my opinion, he's still, if you can get some flash plays out of him for what, you know, nine to 12 snaps, I'll take a 110% motor Tristan Hill for nine to 10 snaps, then zero snaps from Tristan Hill. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll sidebar this other conversation. I think the player Chauncey Golston puts the writing on the wall for somebody else. And we'll, we'll, we'll have to hit this on Twitter. We won't put this out in the end of the universe. This will be a great show for you another time in the offseason. But I think as Chauncey Golston progresses, Basham is cheap, uh, other guys, Doris Armstrong is cheap, that may be in the right the wall for somebody else not to be here that uh, we might not want to talk about. But, you know, I already know. You know I boys, know where you're going. Hey, hey, hey set it off, Chris. Hi, boys. <laughs> you know, but we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> you, know, uh, you, know, you know, talk a lot. <laughs> you know, do like yeah. stuff like that. But listen, I'm gonna get out your head, man. You I messing. love the show, man. Love the content, man. Keep your head up, man, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, set it off, Chris. Appreciate you, brother. Check out his content as well. Hey, he's you he set it off. Get messy out there in these streets. Set it off. You get messy. I know where he's going with it. We'll talk about it though. James said Chauncey goes to puts pressure on Bradley and I. I think Bradley and I sticks around. Remember, he's only in his second year. We know who we're talking about. I, at least I know who you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. All right, man, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up, put a bow on this show. Great show. Oh, my goodness. Great show. I actually came into the show thinking we were going to hit the um, the coaches, but guess what? We're, we're going to take our time with this week, right? We're going to take our time with this week. What we're going to do instead, tomorrow, we'll grade the coaching staff. Yeah, we'll go down the line. We'll talk about these coaches, how they're helping this team. We'll grade them. We'll open the phone lines up again. uh, Hear what you guys have to say. And if we can mix in, I want to mix in some of the players as well. Some of the marquee players um, that are out there that are playing for the Cowboys, be it the the guys that were brought in via trade or via free agency or some of the high key players. So we'll do that tomorrow. But this was a fun one, man. This was a fun one. Like, like my guy set it off. Chris said, I truly appreciate the chat and I truly appreciate the fans of this show and of Skywalker because y'all, this isn't the crazies. Y'all bring something to this channel. Y'all bring something with, with what you guys are saying and you, you make my life a little easier. I don't have to play 
mute button the whole dang on time. So appreciate you guys a whole, whole lot. If you have not yet, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Skywalker Steel, as well as A to Z Sports Dallas over on Twitter and on all social media platforms. About to hit y'all with the. That's bad radio. Y'all couldn't see that right there. Um, <laughs> but make sure y'all follow me on Twitter. Follow Dallas Cow- or A to Z Sports Dallas on all social media platforms. And please check out check out the uh, drive of the game. I'm thinking I'm going to do that. Y'all let me know if y'all like that. I'm going to do a drive of the game each week, be it win or lose. Uh, and I'm going to drop it here. And if maybe Stevie Mack could grab it a little bit. Maybe Stevie Mack might real quick before we dip. Grab the link and drop it in the chat. If not, all good. It's on the page. Go check it out. Have fun with that. Let me know if y'all want to keep that moving. Then tomorrow, like I said, we'll grade the coaches at the quarter mark. Got to use quotations now. 17 games. Ridiculous. Uh, And then Thursday, we'll get into our game plans and film study and preparing for the enemy, the New York Giants. Thursday, Friday, we'll do that. All right? With that said, man, I think that's it. I want to thank everybody for the super chats, all the calls. All right? Everybody that has subscribed, the new guys, all the likes and ladies, my bad. My bad, ladies out there. My bad. Appreciate y'all, too. (laughs) But we're going to get up out of here. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all Taco Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Anybody know what movie that's from? Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. It's Norbit. I'm a movie buff, man. I love love movies. But all right, man, appreciate you guys joining me. Make sure y'all tune in tonight. A to Z Sports Primetime, Mauricio Rodriguez, and check out all the articles from our great journalists on A to Z Sports.com slash Cowboys. Appreciate you guys. And if you missed it, what do we do? Hashtag run that thing back. We out. Peace. Love you. I want me some glory hope.